0: Chapter twenty nine of that lass o lowries by Francis Hodgson Burnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Lying in wait, liz crept close to the window and looked down the road at this time of the year it was not often that the sun set in as fair a sky in October, Rigan generally shut its doors against damps and mists and turned toward its fire when it had one. And yet Liz had hardly seen that the sun had shone at all today. Still, seeing her face, a passer by would not have fancied that she was chilled. There was a flush upon her cheeks, and her eyes were more than usually bright. She was watching for Joan with a restless eagerness. She's late, she said. I'm ought to know she'd be late. I wished she'd come, I do. And yet, and yet I'm f'it. I wished it were over and she twisted her fingers together nervously. She had laid the child upon the bed, and presently it roused her with a cry. She went to it, took it up into her arms, and carrying it to the fire, sat down. Why couldn't they stay asleep? she said. I niver seed a child like thee. For the next minute, the little creature, whimpering, she bent down in impatient repentance and kissed it, whimpering too. Don't she said. I couldn't bear to hear thee. Hush thee. That goes on as if thou knew Eh, yeah, but I mun be a bad lass. Ay, I'm bad through and through, and I gonna be no worse nor I am. She did not kiss the child again, but held it in her listless way even after it fell asleep. She rested an elbow on her knee, and a chin upon her hand while her tearful eyes searched the fire, and thus Joan found her when she came in at dusk. "'That late again, Joan?' she said. Ay, Joan answered. "'I'm late.' She laid her things aside and came to the firelight. The little one always won her first attention when she came from her day's labour. "'Has she been fretting?' she asked. Ay, said Liz. "'She's done nowt else but fret lately. "'I don't know what ails her.' She was in Joan's arms by this time, and Joan stood looking at the puny face. "'She is Noel. "'She said in a low voice. "'She has pain as we know nowt on, poor little lass. "'We gonna help her, or bear it for her. "'We would if we could, little un. as if she forgot Liz's presence.' John. Liz faltered, "'what if you were to lose her?' "'I oh, hope oh, I shan her. "'You couldna bear it.' "'There is no much as we going bear.' "'That's true enough,' said Liz. "'I wish folk good dear trouble.' There's more no yours wish the same," Joan answered. She thought afterward of the girl's words, and remembered how she looked when she uttered them, her piteous eyes resting on the embers, her weak little mouth quivering, her small hands at work. But when she heard them, she only recognized in them a new touch of the old petulance to which she had become used. Joan went about her usual tasks, holding the baby in her arms. She prepared the evening meal with Liz's assistance and they sat down to eat it together. But Liz had little appetite. Indeed, neither of them ate much and both were more than usually silent. A shadow of reserve had lately fallen between them. After the meal was ended, they drew their seats to the hearth again and Liz went back to her brooding over the fire. Joan, lulling the child, sat and watched her. All Liz's beauty had returned to her. Her soft, rough hair was twisted into a curly knot upon her small head. Her pretty, babyish face was at its best of bloom and expression. That absent, subdued look was becoming to her. "'There's honest men as more to love, her," said Joan inwardly. "'There's honest men as would have made her life happy.' It was just as she was thinking this that Liz turned round to her. "'If she lived to be a woman,' with a gesture toward the child, "'If she lived to be a woman, do you think as she'd remember me "'if if it should happen to me now?' "'I gonna tell,' Joan answered. "'But I'd try to make her.' "'Would you?' "'And then she dropped her face upon her hands. "'It'd be best if she'd forget me,' she said. "'It'd be best if she'd forget me.' "'Nearly's,' said Joan. "'That out of sorts.' "'Aye, I am,' said the girl. "'And I need be.' Joan, eh, John, that a good wench. I wish I were like thee. Then needna lass. But I do. That would niver go wrong i'th world. Now could mat thee go wrong. Tha'rt so strong like. And that patient too, Joan, and no like the rest o' women. I don't think if that were to happen to me now, as that would a hard to me. Wouldst tha? Wistfully. Nay, lass, I've been fond o' thee and sorry for thee. And if thou were to date, I may smack sure I'd noan be hard on thee, but thou aren't na gonna dee, I hope. To her surprise, the girl caught her hand, and pulling it down upon her knee, laid her cheek against it and burst into tears. I dunnot know. I'm mort, or, or summat. But never thou turn again me, Joan. Never thou hate me. I am na like thee. I weren't a maid like thee. I conna stand up again things, but I don't think as I'm so bad as folks say." When this impassioned mood passed away, she was silent again for a long time. The baby fell asleep upon Joan's breast, but she did not move it. She liked to feel it resting there. Its close presence always seemed to bring her peace. At length, however, Liz spoke once more. "'Where were thy father going with and Braddy?' she asked joan turned a pale face toward her where did yo see him wi spring and braddy here was liz's reply he were here this afternoon wi him they didna come in though they waited ith road while he went ith back room there for summat i think it were a bottle it were that he come for i know for i heard braddy say to him i skitten it and thy father said aye and the other two laughed as if they were on a spree o some sort Joan rose from a chair, white and shaking. "'Tat the child,' she said hoarsely. "'I'm going out.' "'Out?' cried Liz. "'Nay, I don't go out. What ails thee, Joan?' "'I have some to do,' said Joan. "'Stay thy ear with child.' And almost before she finished speaking, she was gone, and the door had closed behind her. There would be three of them against one man. She walked faster as she thought of it, and her breath was drawn heavily. Lowry bent down in his hiding-place, smiling grimly. He knelt upon the grass behind a hedge at the roadside. He had reached the place a quarter of an hour before, and he had chosen his position as coolly as if he had been sitting down to take his tramp-dinner in the shade. There was a gap in the hedge, and he must not be too near to it or too far from it. It would be easier to rush through this gap than to leap the hedge, but he must not risk being seen. The corner where the other men lay concealed was not far above him. It was only a matter of a few yards, but if he stood to wait at one turn, and the engineer took the other, the game would escape, so he had placed his comrades at the second, and he had taken the first. I'd like to have first yammer at him, he had said savagely. You can come when you hear me. As he waited by the hedge, he put his hand out stealthily towards his knob-stick, and drew it nearer, saying to himself, "'When I ha done settling wi him for me sen, I shall have a bit of an account to settle for her. If it's his good looks as she's takin' wi, she'll be no one so fond of him when she sees him next. I'll warrant.' He had hit upon the greater villainy of stopping short of murder, if he could contain himself when the time came. At this instant a sound reached his ears, which caused him to start. He bent forward slightly towards the gap to listen. There were footsteps upon the road above him, footsteps that sounded familiar. Clouds had drifted across the sky and darkened it, but he had heard that tread too often to mistake it now, when every nerve was strung to its highest tension. A cold sweat broke out upon him in the impotence of his wrath. "'It's the lass said,' he said. She's eared summat, and she's as good as a word, with an oath. He got up and stood a second, trembling with rage. He drew his sleeve across his forehead, and wiped away the sweat, and then turned round sharply. I'll creep up throad and meet her, afore she reaches first place, he panted. If she sees Thlads, it's all up wi' us. I'll teach her summat, as so she'll no one forget. He was out into the knoll road in a minute more. I'll teach her to go again me he muttered, I'll teach her bye but the sentence was never ended. There was a murmur he did not understand, a rush, a heavy rain of blows, a dash of something in his face that scorched like liquid fire, and with a shriek he fell writhing. End of chapter twenty nine.